This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is a special bonus episode of the Death by Incarceration podcast. My name is Spencer Daniels, and earlier this year, DBI was invited to a job fair in Philadelphia hosted by Reform Philly. I was able to conduct a handful of short interviews with some in attendance and the following are those conversations. Please enjoy. All right, Spencer Daniels here with Death by Incarceration Podcast, sitting down for the first interview of the day from the Philadelphia Job Fair. Uh, and I got my first guest, uh, John. John? No, Joshua Sadi. Josh. Yes. Josh, here, why don't you go ahead and give, give, give me your uh, official uh, introduction to yourself. Okay, my name is Joshua Sadi. I'm a juvenile lifer. I did 36 years. Uh, recently released uh, June 23rd, uh, 2021. Wow. Uh, came out, went to Erie, spent a couple months there just reacclimating back to society. Then came back to Philly because Philly is, you know, my home. You know, I work at the Igway Foundation, right, uh, or firm, I should say, which is a, a law firm, and we do wrongful convictions. My associate is Joshua Garner, who I'm here with today, representing uh, ICJ, Institute for Community Justice, and Right to Be Free. Okay. Right to Be Free is an organization that fights for a second chance for lifers. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, uh, like Suave. Like, yes. Like our, like our friend Suave. Right. Death by incarceration. That's right. So, what, what can be done about juvenile lifers? Like. I know that's a, I know that's a very broad right. question, but you know Suave came back after spending 30, 31 years. He's on paper for the rest of his life. Right. What can be done about that system? Actually, a lot can be done, but the the first thing that must be done is if if you have a camera, the goal is to take an accurate picture. The only reason why an accurate picture isn't taken is because it's out of focus. The juvenile system and justice in the United States of America is out of system. The lens is not focused correctly. You're definitely seeing an image and you're seeing something that's alarming and that needs to be corrected. But I like to take a pause and take people from where the emotions is to, so they can have an objective view of what's going on. And in order to do that, I, I, I tend to like to refer to dog fights. Okay. If, if you look at what we know about the system of dog fights, once it's, it's illegal to take precious animals that's, you know, uh, free of their own right, 
but in our system made to be pets and treated lovingly. And corrupt that system by taking these dogs and training them to fight so that they turn around and kill each other. Now, some of them, you know, they get lost to the street. Some get caught up in these criminal organizations and they become members of these different dog groups, which you can equate with being gangs. And they, you know, your most precious dog could be snatched while you at work or at the supermarket. And someone can take and have that dog and convert that dog into a fighter. And by the time you get it back, if you are lucky enough to get it back, it's traumatized. It's caught up in a system where it's doing all the things that we think dogs should not do. Now you have two alternatives there. You can put that dog down because of your fear of what it will do because it has been contaminated by that lifestyle. Or you could do what some of the most noble people do in the society, which is to actually bring that dog out of that state and condition and remind it that it can come back into the house, which takes time. It takes investment. Unfortunately, we do this for dogs, but we don't do this for human beings nearly as much enough as we should. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Uh, I, I end up going down rabbit holes on internet every time I see one of those those dog rehabilitation right. videos. We're not seeing many of those for, for people coming out of the system. Right. So what, what can a, a fair like this, what kind of a, a positive impact can that have on people coming back? Uh, from being incarcerated? A lot, because one, what's the appeal of gangs? The appeal of gangs is that they offer something to the youth that society neglects. Society is like college as compared to uh, uh, regular school. Regular school forces you to come to class and punish you if you don't. When you get to college, if you go, you go. If you don't, you don't. And, and not everybody in society should be given that type of responsibility. The gangs take and give children, because that's what they are, yep. children an opportunity to get the things that everybody else has, but they don't have a means to get. And because we don't provide these opportunities for children to, to earn and learn that they can earn in a natural way, they take and they go to the gangs and the gang corrupt them. So the same things that they would be getting legally, they're getting illegally, and they're getting through violent means. There's a I seen a commercial one day when I was locked up and it gave me pause because it came on right after another commercial. And you can get so caught up in the emotion that you don't pay attention to the contrast. And they still show these commercials, though I think they may change them after we have this conversation. But in one commercial, they were showing what happens to animals when they're neglected or abused and they asked for donations. Yep. And in another one, they were showing what happened to people in the third world. Same thing, but the amount of donations that was offered for the animal was far greater than that was offered for the human being. Wow. And it's amazing that we, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have this type of love and dedication for animals. Right. But if you don't care this much about yourself, and those who are most like you, it says a lot. Yeah. All right. So, so what are the what kind of things? So you know, we're here basically for the for the job fair right. aspect of it. But what are some other things that that returning citizens need to to go out and get these jobs? Well, Nomo is a good example, and ICJ is a good example, right? 
ICJ, like NOMO, and, and a number of other organizations, I don't want to throw shade or slight other ones, but these are the, the ones that stick out in my mind sure. because they had a direct effect on me when I came home. Um, NOMO took me in when I came home, called me, literally. They heard I was, I was in Philadelphia, called me down to their offices, fed me, so they got hunger out the way, right? They allowed my emotions to subside, and then they talked to me and told me the things that I would immediately need. So they, 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 they gave me cosmetics, they put some money in my pocket, and they gave me a bunch of suits, clothing. You know, so that I wouldn't have to be desperate to get the things that is, what do you do to a hobo or a vagrant when you want to bring them back into civilized society? You give them a bath, a haircut, and a shave. Yep. Simplistic things. Yeah. Right? These are the simplistic things that we should do. ICJ offers this service to everybody that comes. They literally have a re-entry package. When you come to ICJ, they make sure you get your, your license if you don't have your license. They make sure you get a renewed license if you need to have your license renewed. They make sure you have your ID. Then all your paperwork, they make sure they put it in order. They make sure that you have a place to stay and they search for you to get a job so that you don't have an excuse of not, like if, if I'm working and I have a job, there's no reason why I should rob a bank. Right. Or be slinging drugs. A respectable pay is all a person can ask for. Here's a, here's a thought for you. Re-entry, right? I'm a religious person, so I always ask a person so they can understand the purpose of a society. And I consider society to be like God. Now, I mean, no one wants to turn away from God. Everybody want to figure a way to get close. So everybody want to figure a way to fit into society. Yeah. God uses two things. He uses a threat and a promise. The threat is hell, yeah. punishment for wrong, and the promise is paradise, heaven. So now society believes in the threat. We got a bunch of prisons. Society does not deliver on the promise. This is what the job fair is about. I don't think it could have been said <laughs> any better. That, that's, that's, that's great. That's a, that's a wonderful... <laughs> Uh, stamp of approval on this thing. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, man, and I appreciate Wells Fargo and all those who uh, put their time and their resources behind providing this opportunity for people like myself. Yeah. Yeah, the shows that, you know, as a brother that I know uh, says, that what used to be the the poison can now be the cure. Yeah. Okay? That's great. Well, but sir, I, I, I thank you so much for your time. Anytime. Uh, enjoy man. your day. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. We'll catch up afterwards. Ain't no doubt. I love your podcast. Thanks, bud. <laughs> See ya. Okay. Uh, Spencer Daniels, Death by Incarceration, back with another interview. Uh, and, okay, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of give me your, a little bit of your, your backstory? Alrighty, hello audience. My name is Cynthia Salamanca. Um, I just came home five months ago after serving 10 years and three months in federal prison for assistant immigrants obtained identification cards. I was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Uh, the only reason why I'm home is due to the CARES Act. Uh, my out date was January 15 of 25 and thanks to my good conduct and 
COVID, <laughs> I'm home a little earlier. I am on house arrest with Kintok uh, till January 15 of 2023. During that time, I have obtained my degree in public relations specialist. I work for ICJ. Um, I am a support reentry specialist slash case manager there. I also work for a company called Right to Be Free, a nonprofit organization um, that helps incarcer you know incarcerated people to do um, expungements and like just we freeing people. Right. Um, that's with Joshua Garner, and I've been doing a lot for the community and just loving life and freedom. That's great. Hey, you said January 23. Is all, that's all you got left? January 15th, yes. January 15th. 23, yeah, January 15th, 23. Well, then, of course, a year of supervision, sure. but... Sure, Yeah. The, the, the way, the speed at which things have been happening lately, January 15th is literally next week. You're right. In my heart, that's how it feels. <laughs> that's right. So, um, just for, it, for any of the listeners who aren't uh, completely familiar, uh, what is the CARES Act? Well, the CARES Act was, um, I want to say Governor Bauer, I believe was his name. He gave, uh, just to bring the, it, the population, the incarcerated population down due to COVID, because they don't have like safe space for us. Like me, I was in a dorm with 127 females. So how are we distancing six feet? You know, how are, there was no way that they can, they could have kept down the COVID pandemic with right. so many people in prison. So he decided that if you are low or like a camper, you're low, um, the, risk. the risk is low, then you could go home if you had clear conduct for 12 months. Um, had an address, you know, like it had different stipulations, but you would be led home on home confinement, even if you had 18 months less or less of your sentence. It was a lot of different criterias you had to meet. Right. But I seen people go home that had even 10 years left due wow. to the CARES Act. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, so you're out here and you are helping to get people sort of back on their feet, back in the, back in the workforce, uh, Back on the straight and narrow, whatever it may be. Um, yes, sir. What What are some of the the biggest hurdles that that people face coming out of the system? Well, I think one of the main ones is housing, due to the the lack of sensitivity of the the renters. Because honestly, um, if you have a criminal background, no one will rent to you. Like, it's very difficult to find someone that would approve your background check and rent to you. It doesn't matter if you have six months of rent. And I think that's one of the major stipulations that, unfortunately, as ex-inmates, we face. So what, what, what is the solution? Like, what, what can be done to, to mitigate that? Are, are, are people having to get a co-signer? Is there anything in the works where... Uh, those avenues can be opened up like not that i'm aware of it's i honestly believe in my heart that it should be one of the discrimination like just like uh your health you know your your appearance is your gender it should be one of those because that's a lifetime sentence for us so so what are people doing so people people come home if you, if you can't rent you are you know you move in with family you move in with someone else when when does that end? Like, how long will it 
will it take for that person to be able to be back on their feet to be able to rent? Is there any end in sight? That I see, no. What I see is just people going like to very bad neighborhoods. And again, that's a risk for them to fall back in the same pattern they were before they went to prison. Because you can't rent nowhere else. You right. can't rent in the suburbs. You can't rent in Center City. Yeah. Because you're exed out just yeah. because you have a background. That keeps you hooked in. No matter what your gross income is, no matter, you know, what good you've done, what, how you've changed. Well, that's discouraging. Very. Uh, and, and, and I can tell the, the look on your face that it is, it is frustrating uh, to, have to, to have to deal with that. Um, okay, housing. Housing's big. What, what's next on the list? I want to say employment due to that sometimes they really don't even have money to get on a bus. You know, even transportation. Like, and it's difficult. If, if you found a job 16 miles away from you, like, it, yeah, you can walk your first week or two, but after that, you're burnt out. Yeah. And then getting them again to get a driver's license, you know, to be able to provide their own transportation, like, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, it's, it, it seems and like... And this the, is the little things that people yeah. don't see. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like the, the, the programs and the pieces that are required is almost endless. I mean, you said, you said housing, you said transportation... You know, we're, we're seeing around here there's uh, there's suits hung up over there. People can, can get some nice clothes. You can get a haircut. I mean, the, the little things I think people don't think about, you know, somebody who comes out, gets a job, Amazon here. I use Amazon as an example because they're, they're right up there. Someone gets a job in the Amazon warehouse, and, you know, maybe they're going to be driving a forklift. They're going to work around a forklift. You need steel toe boots to work around that. Steel toe boots? Less than $100, you're not going to find them. Expensive. So that's just another hurdle. And it's, a, it's these smaller things that people may not realize. Oversee, that, yeah, overlook. Yeah. yeah. So there's there, the, the programs needed is just almost insurmountable. But it's, it's awesome that you know we can have a, a, an event like this and bring people together and start to have a conversation, start to, to work on some of these things. Yep. And it's great having people like you, who, you who've been through it, who know what the struggles are, and, and you come in and, and we're helping some of these folks out. I love it. I, I have such a passion to help everyone. I can tell. Like I would even go the extra mile and say, here you go, and put 20 bucks in your hand, you know? It's just, it's life. Yeah. It's life. It's yeah. very hard. Yeah, it's, you know, and I, I, I've heard this come up. People just need a second chance. Well, it's a, a, a returning citizen is no bigger a chance than anybody off the street. Anybody can come in and be a, a terrible employee or be lazy or, or steal from you or whatever. These are people who want to work, who need yep. to work in order to regain some sort of sense of, of self. And so it's just... It's, placement. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's great to see. And, and I, you see how expensive life is right now? Yeah. The cost of living out here? Yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hard for people who, who've been out here, been working for a long time, trying to, to save up to, to do these things. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big hurdle. But I'm fighting, and I'm hoping something will change. Good. 
and I am very happy to be at ICJ and just giving input, you know, on what can change and what we really can help with. Like right now we're helping, you know, obtain, we can help you obtain your ID, your social security card. Um, we apply for your benefits instantly, you know, if you're there and with Compass yeah, yeah. and all of that. Um, we have been dealing with redemption, housing, housing redemption, you know, to get them housing and yeah. stuff. So like we have different programs that they can actually learn how to do like roofing and they pay you a weekly you know, like to better yourself yep. and, and get out there. It's a lot of services out there. Yep, that's right. All right, well, hey, thank you for, for thank taking you a few for minutes. Me. Uh, keep on fighting the good fight. Thanks. All right, take care. All right, man. Uh, Mike, give me your, your name and a little bit of your story, why, why you're here today. Um, name's Mike Butler. Uh, I work for the Institute for Community Justice. So I'm here in the capacity of community advocate. A um, little bit about my story. Um, was incarcerated at the age of 18, did 17 years, um, got out and just trying to build my life back. Um, got a great job, you know, being an industry relations coordinator at the Institute for Community Justice, where I help people impact it, get connected to certifications and education so they can further their, you know, their lives, man, and um, make something of themselves. So uh, when you say certifications, what, is that, what does that entail? So whether it be like someone might want a CDL or someone might want to be, become like an MA or something like that, my job is to go inside of the community and find, you know, those resources and get those people connected, um, trying to do it for free. So, you know what I mean? So it doesn't come out of their pocket. Um, right. Yeah, that's what it. And what, what are some of the biggest uh, hurdles, biggest struggles you have of, of making that happen for these folks? Um. I think it's really getting people to trust that people that have been incarcerated can, you know, they are regular people too, that they deserve a second chance as well. Um, I think that's the biggest the biggest problem and funds, having the money as well is, is also a hurdle. Yeah. So that's the, the biggest things that I find. So do we, I mean, are there, are there funds out there? I mean, you know, people come back, they need they need to be able to uh, have transportation to their job. They need to have, uh, you know, all these different things, a haircut, a, a suit. Are yeah. there funds out there available for them? Um, I think with organizations there are. <clears throat> there are funds with organizations, but every organization doesn't do the right thing. We right. know that. Um, as far as funds, no, it's, it's really dry, um, especially with transportation. So we got to kind of like, you know, build as organizations come together and kind of see what each other organization doesn't have. We work together and make like this, this Voltron. And um, that's basically one of the things that I'm always trying to do every day, just trying to connect these organizations and, and kind of like not preach, but like speak to them about like, you know, it's not always about numbers. I know we got to live. I know we got to eat as people that's boots on the ground, but you know, we got to work together and not worry about what numbers that we get. And you know what I mean? Share resources. Yeah. So yeah. I love the Voltron reference. I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So how important is an event like this? Um, I think an event like this is, is very important because, like, I mean, you kind of bring all these employers to, together and they kind of know what they're, what they're getting. Um, they know that most people have been impacted, so they, you know, they're, they're giving people an opportunity. And it's just, like, so many things in one place. 
I think the hardest thing when you come out of prison is um, having that anxiety of going place to place. So when you get, get things like a one-stop shop, it makes it takes the anxiety away and it makes you more comfortable to kind of be in a place where you could get everything at once. So I think opportunities like this are great. Yeah. Do you, I mean, is there anything that can be done to streamline the 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 process like before people get released is mm-hmm. are, are there are there programs inside that are preparing people yeah. appropriately right, right now well i'm i only to speak for myself and my sure. organization um institute for community justice we are in the prisons and we we do what we call our win it's a program to get people ready, not only like mentally, socially, but also just like getting them prepared for what they're going to see. Um, that means connecting them to mentors, um, starting to talk to them about like what they've done in the past, so that we can transfer to like create resumes. Um, also, just reaching out to community partners and getting things like transportation hooked up, getting them on lists for you know housing. So I think that is the best way that we can do it as organizations out here. Try to get in these prisons but the DOC has to let us in um, and and the problem that we're facing right now is that the DOC says re-entry and they look at it as one thing re-entry has different things and organizations have different things that they do so we got to kind of get past the the barrier of oh we already let an organization that does re-entry in here and just let everybody that wants to volunteer services to the DOC come in right and I think that's like, if we could do that, I think it'll be a, a, a lot smoother transition for people coming back into society. Yeah, so that on on day one, people yeah. people could come out and sort of hit the ground running yep. and, and get out there yep. and, and find that work. Yeah. And make those moves. Yeah, because I think the biggest thing is just knowing that you have people that are willing to hold your hand. I, I, and sometimes, you know, being grown, like... We, we say we can't hold your hand, but sometimes people need you to hold their hand and walk you through it and, and take you to an interview and tell you that you look nice in that tie and that you got it. So I think programs going inside, like we talked about, it will give those people the opportunity to hit the ground running. Yeah, and plus, de- depending on how, some, how long someone's been away, mm-hmm. a lot of the, the processes for finding a job mm-hmm. could will have changed right you know there was right. a time where you had to hand in a paper resume and now a lot of times it's all done online yep. so if you've been away for a while and you're not familiar with how some of these new processes work right then that that's another right that's another barrier and and it, it that's a huge barrier it's, it's it's a huge barrier because um you take out of it you take out of someone being able to tell their story to you Everybody learns different. Everybody communicates different. Some people might be well at uh, putting their story on a piece of paper, but some people might just need to sit in front of somebody. So you have to prepare people to let them know that when you come out, most of the times you can walk into an institution and they say, just apply online. You know what I mean? And, and, And it is a crazy world when you did 10, 15, 20, 25 years coming back out here and getting into that field. And, you know, just not knowing certain things that you're supposed to put on a resume, like certain keywords that you should use in a job description. And I feel like the program that we run at the Institute for Community Justice, we kind of prepare people for that. And I wish a lot of more organizations could go in and do that type of work. Or I just wish we were bigger, you know what I mean? Right. And had the capacity to, to, like, flood the prisons with that program. But, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, man. The, the landscape of life has changed. I mean, it changed for me coming out. So, yeah. 
I could just imagine someone that is older than me that may not have even seen a, a, um, a phone in the way we see phones or a laptop or with digital Everything. The world looks like you know what yeah. I mean. I had a glimpse of it, but imagine someone that didn't have that sixty coming out. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 uh, it's that's a mental thing in itself. So, yeah. Well, it's I mean it's it's great to have uh, some organizations like mm-hmm. ICJ, like mm-hmm. like uh, all of the companies that are here to have an event like this and kind of bring these people out. And I know that you know a lot of what we are talking about yeah. is. Uh, is is formerly incarcerated people mm-hmm. a lot of those those same uh hurdles and struggles exist for uh single single parents yes. um veterans yep. like there's a lot of other other things right um but you know we obviously we're, we're focused a little more on um, on yep. re-entry from from prison but right. events like this i think they, i think are great they do um i think it helps any community that's discriminated upon whether it's a, a child that comes from a, a one-parent home or a no-parent home and he's you know or she is being raised by their grandmom or like you said foster, or a foster a, you know what i mean you said it like um just poverty period um all types of things and it's like i said it is very great to have a uh event like this where a person doesn't only has to use a little bit of money to come here instead of going to North Philly, to West Philly, to South Philly, to Northeast, and, and it's in different days. You come here, one-stop shop, go hit every table and get every resource that you need, and it's, it's simple. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard as hell to make it out there today. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's it's harder for, for some of these folks coming back, so yep. uh, events like this are great. It is. Hey, it uh, is. any closing thoughts? Um. I'm just I'm just happy to be here, you know. I mean, happy to talk to you to get the that out there. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what this event could bring for the people, man. Well, I know it's I know it's early. We just got started, and we uh, kind of swooped you up. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. get out there and and talk to some folks and, yep. and make a difference. Thank you, man. All right, thanks, appreciate bud. Appreciate it. it. Yep. Thank you for listening to this special Death by Incarceration podcast. Remember, education and employment are some of the best tools in fighting recidivism. Find us and follow us on all social media platforms and keep listening to the podcast. Thank you to Glassbox. Thank you to Crawlspace. And this has been a DBI Media production. That's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.